There's an overwhelming amount of financial advice in the news and on social media. Who do you listen to? Are they looking out for what's best for you? How do you tune out the noise? In this podcast, trusted advisors Emily Augusto, CPA, and Amanda Vaught, JD, bring their extensive education and experience to delve into all aspects of personal finance. Emily and Amanda make topics like investing, taxes, and financial planning interesting and accessible. And they provide a framework to help you think through the plethora of financial advice and news out there. Are you ready to start making the best personal financial decisions for you? Welcome to Connecting the Dollars with Propel Financial Advisors. Welcome to another episode of Connecting the Dollars. It's Valentine's Day this week, so everyone's thinking about, you know, gifts and relationships and dating and whatnot. Um, And today we're going to dig into how choosing investments in the stock market is a lot like choosing or evaluating a partner in the dating world. So, Amanda, why don't you get into that a little bit more? Um, and by partner, we mean long-term partner, right? Yes. We know different people have different um, goals in that department, but this is, um, I think, in general, we're talking about investing. We're not talking about short-term trading or speculation or other types of things you can do with the stock market. This is, um, we consider stocks a long-term asset. And so we... Um, want to get to a long-term relationship with them. And before we get into that long-term relationship, we need to dig into them a little bit and see what's going on and see if they are the right fit for your investment portfolio, right? And then what could be right for one person might not be right for another person, just like in dating, right? Um, So uh, today, we're going to focus on the stock market um, and be, in honor of Valentine's Day, use Hershey's as an example. Yes. The Hershey company, I believe, is the Hershey, full, yes, I think the <laughs> full name. Is the official name, yes. Yeah. So um, as you were saying earlier before we were talking about this, that there's a lot of like popular um, you know, articles and stuff out there about speculation and short-term investing. So we wanted to focus especially on a buy and hold kind of um, strategy because that's what we typically do as advisors and um, yeah, just how we, how we work with clients basically. Right, right. Um, and then as the great investor Warren Buffett said, our favorite holding period is forever. Exactly. Yes. Yep. That should be the goal when you're picking out a stock. Yeah. So if you were to give someone some advice about like how to start evaluating a stock on their own, someone who's maybe not, you know, not a financial professional, where would you steer them first? Well, I think that, right. The first thing is to come up with a stock idea that you have. Okay. So we sort of cut that process and just said Hershey's as an example of something to look through. So there's different ways you can find stocks to invest in. Um, It doesn't, if it's something you're seeing on the news a lot, doesn't necessarily mean 
it's going to be a good company or a good investment. It could be, or it could not be right. Um, but sometimes there's just some boring companies out there that you maybe never have heard of who could be a great investment. Um, so just reading, um, exploring with an eye to a potential investment is a good place to start. And this is, you know, not something we need to rush into. So we can just like take our time and, and see what's out there. Um, you know, if you read uh, the Wall Street Journal or other major uh, publications that have a financial focus that could introduce you to a number of different companies that could work. But so if we go with um, Hershey's, um, one place, just a regular person. I mean, as a financial advisor, this is a little hard because we pay for subscription services and, and different research platforms. Mm -hmm. So as we were preparing this podcast, we tried to stick to the free sources that were out there. So one good free resource is um, Google Finance. Um, I think Yahoo Finance is also great too. They give you um, similar information. So it's your preference. But here we are just looking at Google Finance as a place to start. Mm -hmm. That will give you just an overview of the company, the stock ticker. You can start with looking at its market cap. So um, the Hershey company has a market cap of more than 39 billion. Um, so that number tells you that this is a large company. Um, with uh, significant financial activity. Yes, for sure. Um, I kind of also like in on Google Finance and other resources too, we'll pull in a lot of the articles written on the internet um, <laughs> everywhere that yeah. kind of give like a little insight into like, oh, why did the stock dip at this time? Or, you know, just little things that you might want to research a little more. Um, I don't know. I think that's helpful sometimes because it puts it into not only into numbers, it puts it into like, oh, this is how a business is operating. Like they bought a company, they acquired something. Um, it kind of just gives you some more context. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people who don't have a lot of experience looking at these numbers, it can just be like, look like a lot of numbers and you're just yeah. like, this doesn't, what does this even mean? So um, we all have to start somewhere. Right. And just saying, OK, I'll just look at that one number. Um, I'll just look at that one number. And then as you research and look at, say, other companies, you can see how those numbers compare mm -hmm. um, as you get for more familiar with what the, the numbers mean in context. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So what would you look at next, Emily? Um, well, yeah, once I've, once you are a little more familiar, um, one thing I wanted to mention, which is a little, a little annoying to me. Like it'll, if you go to Google Finance and type in any stock, it shows you the one day, like up and down of the share price. So mm -hmm. maybe switch that to like five years automatically. And you can mm -hmm. see that they're still in the green, you know, stocks go up and down. So don't just look at the one day and be like, oh, this is a bad stock. But I mean, people know that. Um, so to go a little further, um, any public company, that you that is on the stock market, you can find their actual like financial reports either on their um, on their website. Usually, mm -hmm. there's a section called like investor resources or investor relations, and um, the annual. So, yeah. oh. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, if we go, if we're looking at Hershey's, I just went to Hershey's.com and you could see it right there in the corner. It says investors and you click on that and then you can see a bunch of their financial information for investors. Yeah. So annual reports take a really long time to come out, like the official audited annual reports. So like right now it's February of 2024 and you can still only see their 2022 year end reports. Um, and those are really good to look at for historical information, but they usually also have some like quarterly numbers um, that are more current that you can compare. And mm -hmm. let's see, the one that we were talking about. They do have the 2023 numbers up, but they're just unaudited. Right, and, exactly. You know, Emily is a good CPA, so she knows that those numbers aren't official, official yet. So, yeah, but they're, you know, something you can give you an, a, a good idea. Yeah. Um, and if I want to dig further into some uh, account statement evaluation, but first I want to say this is just kind of an introductory look. We're not endorsing this stock by any means. It's just, we're just scratching the surface of some of the types of uh, numbers you can look at and yeah, ways to evaluate the stock. So if you pull up, let's see. Well, maybe not. I won't go into specific, specific things because we are on a podcast. But the yeah. two main for our reports you will look for is the income statement and the balance sheet. And the income statement will give you an idea of how much revenue they brought in, how like how much they spent on various like on products, on um, overhead, you know, like keeping their lights on, paying their people, etc. Um, and so you can get a good idea, like, is this company making money or not? But it's really more about comparing either quarters or comparing years to see if the company has been consistent. I think. Yeah, we want to look at a trend, right? Yeah, I think that's a little more easier than like what the actual number is. Like if their expenses shot up one year and their income like hit the floor, you're going to want to dig a little further into what was going on and you can find articles like maybe i don't know maybe you couldn't find chocolate for you couldn't find cocoa for a year or something was going on with that so in that regard it's like not something the company did it was a you know an outside factor mm -hmm. um, i think in you know in 2020 we saw a lot of disruptions in that type absolutely. of thing for a lot of companies so mm -hmm. you know there's yeah, right. there's a lot, of, a lot of things that could go wrong for a company mm -hmm. um, that has nothing to do with how they run their business. Um, right. The second report is the balance sheet. And this is an important this is an important report, but it's also can be difficult to understand. Like everyone learns the income statement first in accounting classes and we're like, OK, that makes sense. But then you get to the balance sheet, it's like what's going on here. Um, the balance sheet is divided up into three sections. It's assets, liabilities, and then the shareholder equity section. Um, assets are obviously the cash they have on hand, their investments, inventory, anything that the company is owed. Um, and the liabilities represent any of their borrowing. borrowing. So if they have uh, you know, taken on long-term debt to be able to expand their operations or something like that, you would see that represented in the li liability section. Mm -hmm. And usually we like to see companies that have 
a strong balance sheet. When you hear that word thrown around in articles or on any programs you're watching, that means that their assets are typically uh, higher than their liabilities. So making them yeah. more of a solvent company. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah. just in basics, it's just the assets minus the liabilities. You want that to be a positive number. That means right. they have more money coming in than going out. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and then you would say, if it was a negative number, we would say they're operating at a loss. Mm -hmm. um, I think one example of that could be um, in the tech bubble in the um, late 90s, a lot of those internet companies were had no revenues coming in, but the stock prices were going up and up. And so if you're a long-term investor and you did this exercise and you went and looked at their balance sheet, you said, wait, oh, their assets aren't that, aren't that big. Oh, and their stock prices is this. And then you could say, oh, this might not be, I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight, right? But sure. this might not be a long-term, good long-term investment because the company doesn't seem especially healthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they would be more likely to go bankrupt, I suppose, than, some, than a company with a, a stronger assets over liability ratio. Yeah. And then I just want to point out my favorite asset because I, I was used to be a, a patent attorney, but um, that's listed as goodwill, um, oh, yes. the intellectual property side of a company. So that would be the patents and the trademarks. Um, that number can be uh, hard to pin down. There are a lot of rules and stuff that people use to come up with a number, but if that number is especially huge, um, that's just something to to consider. Like a lot, oh, yeah. a lot of their assets are based on their reputation. Um, or say it's a patent um and the patent's expiring soon. It's just numbers um you can dig into a little more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the annual, if you actually download the annual report, it's like 200 and something pages, and you don't even see the financial reports until like page 150. So before yeah. that, they're explaining like how their year was, why this number looks this way. I mean, if you really wanted to read the whole thing, you absolutely could. Um, I don't think I've ever read a full financial report, but what I usually do is I skip to the income state, uh, income statement and the balance sheet. And then I'm like, okay, why is this there? And then you scroll, you know, you search the rest of the report and you can find an, usually an explanation of why, or their explanation of why those numbers look a little different. Mm -hmm. um, I was going to say one other thing about the balance sheet. I think we are going to talk about um, the long-term debt as a number to look at on the liabilities part. Um, yeah. Because the liabilities, like Emily mentioned, there's different types of liabilities. Um, and one of the key ones, especially now in a high interest rate environment, is the long-term debt. Because um, that if that debt um, comes due and the company needs to refinance in a high interest rate environment, um, that can have a negative impact on their balance sheet. Right, so in this particular example, well, in every balance sheet, you'll see like the short-term debt separated from the long-term debt. And um, from, was it 20, 23 to 24 or from 22 to 23, one of the most recent reports that Hershey had on their website, their long-term debt decreased significantly. And so that is a good sign that, you know, they're not defaulting on anything. 
they are keeping up with their payments and they're not borrowing extra to be able to maintain their business. Did you feel yeah. like Yes, I was frozen. So I think we okay. might have to add that. I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about the the long-term debt uh, decreased from the first period to this to the more recent period. So that's a good sign that the business is paying their debts, they're not defaulting on anything, and they're not necessarily overextended in their, they're not over leveraged in their liabilities. Right, right. And I, and um, one place you can see that historical long-term debt numbers was on the Wall Street Journal, which we were trying to stick to um, free sources of information. But um, if you are considering a long-term investment in a stock, you know, paying a, for the Wall Street Journal subscription so you can do some more research on a company could be a worthy investment um, so that you can get some more information like this and dig into some company financials even sure. more. Um, but then I think that talking about the long-term debt leads us, I mean, we're focused on the stock, but companies, if they do need to take on more debt, they can issue bonds. Mm -hmm. um, and so a large company like Hershey's could issue a bond in the bond market. If we're talking about a smaller company, they might have to go to a bank um, or maybe venture capital to try to raise cash. And that can either dilute their dilute their stock or have like maybe a higher interest rate on a loan from a bank. But a large company like Hershey's can issue a bond and, and perhaps get a better interest rate uh, than they could from a bank. So right. um going to Moody's or S&P or some of the other um, rating agencies can be a good source of information as well. Um, so I just searched on Moody's. You do need a subscription to read the full details, but you can see the headline that they recently rated them A1, um, which means it's a uh, quality investment grade company. Um, you want to um, avoid anything less than triple B would be considered um, non-investment grade or junk. Right. That's how it's referred to. So um, just other sources of information like that. I think um, mentioning the Wall Street Journal, they also have uh, analyst reports. Yeah. So, you know, there are people out there who are going to know a lot more about this company and a lot more about the stock market than you do. Mm -hmm. um, it's important to stay humble and remember that um, you don't know everything. Um, and so we can look at some of these analyst reports. And so um, yeah. the Wall Street Journal has a summary. They say that X many people say buy the stock, this many people say hold, this many people say sell. Um, and just sort of see, you know, where the company falls along those lines too. Yeah. Um, another thing you can try to look for, there's not like a specific place, I don't think, maybe Reuters or some Reuters, I don't know how to say that. Um, a place like that might have um, some like industry comparisons. So there you if, go. Yeah. If, yeah. If you're looking at Hershey and you're like, oh, this number seems weirdly high, but maybe in the food industry, that number is always high, you know, compared to like, you don't want to compare like a car stock to a food stock normally. And I think that right. can be interesting as well. Right, yeah, that's a good point. And then I think there's also, um, Mimi's talked a lot about quantitative or numbers. 
but there's also some qualitative considerations that are valid also don't you think Emily so um yeah all of the numbers we're looking at are numbers that have already happened or the past and Mm -hmm. so the stock market we're looking forward right and nobody at the end of the day knows what the future is going to hold um even the best analysts out there we we just don't know so um just how do you feel about the company you know do you like it do you like what they do do you have a great experience with Hershey's as a kid and that makes Mm -hmm. you like the company more I think those things maybe shouldn't be determinative but if it's going to help you hold the stock for a longer time and not get spooked if say there is a blight on cocoa beans and the crop dies one year and and all these chocolate companies have a tough time if you feel like you can ride out that storm because you really like the company that that could be that is a market in its favor yeah absolutely i know we've been talking about this and we've been hearing that um instead of you know focusing on a particular um a particular box of the stock market like value or growth a lot of analysts are saying to focus on quality companies so obviously part uh, quantitative analysis is a big part of that but it's it's also like yes are they a trusted brand etc not just your personal feelings but a little bit and everyone else is kind of i don't know just your general experience i suppose that you can yeah. evaluate yeah okay well i think um you know there is a lot more to it uh you know people get uh degrees in financial analysis <laughs> this is just sort of scratching the surface of some mm-hmm. of the numbers you can look at but i think this is a pretty good start don't you think emily so yeah yeah it's um, kind of fun i mean for me yeah. i guess <laughs> as an accounting major and you know a current cpa i find it very interesting but yeah if you're a numbers person or you just like reading articles about the companies you are invested in already these are also good places you can go for more information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, it's also helpful if you have a friend that is also interested in this, you can get together and talk about it. I think uh, women tend to do that less than men do, you know, mm-hmm. like go like, oh, go golfing with my buddies and talk about stocks. Like women don't really do that, but um, I hope you know, more and more are starting to, and um, you can start your own little investing club and, and it's a way to, to learn about it. So, or change your date night, you know, to uh, looking at your portfolio. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) There's so many studies about like finance and relationships. So you can find articles about that and how it is like one of the biggest issues people have in a partnership. So there you go. And here I'll show, here's one of the books I, and there's a lot of books out there you can read about investing. Here's one of mine, Stocks for the Long Run. Nice. So this, this has a nice, uh, by Jeremy Siegel. I don't, I think my um, Zoom background is zooming in and out. I'm sure holding it up for those of the podcasts. Um, but it, it, there's a lot of information in there about how to evaluate stocks and specifically for long-term investing, um, and stocks are a long-term asset, like we said earlier. So, yep. 
Well, I think that's all we got for this Valentine's Day episode. I hope you all have a nice week and let us know if you are, you know, finding some fun information about a stock that you didn't know about or, you know, just anything interesting. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, for sure. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. That will do it for this episode of Connecting the Dollars. Nothing discussed in this episode should be considered legal, financial, or tax advice. If you like what you heard, please subscribe for more at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your content. When you do, please give us a rating and a review. To see the links we mentioned in our show, along with other great Propel Financial Advisors content, go to ConnectingTheDollars.com. You can find our past episodes there and subscribe to our newsletter. And if you're still here because you have a general question, you can email us directly at info at connectingthedollars.com. Or if you're interested in working with us, click the schedule a consultation button on our website. Thank you for listening.